social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, Good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359, and in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Thursday. Hey, you know who's open? Ron's Pastry Gourmet is open. Pop in. Delicious pastry. Also delicious sandwiches. They also have great calzones. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. They are uh, AAA, and you can also find them on Facebook, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. All right, let's get the latest. What is happening with Ukraine? This is the latest. This morning, they say that Russia could use a lie like this as a pretext for war and foreign invasion, and they are pointing particularly to that, the, the, this claim of a mass grave, which so far the West says there's no evidence of as a potential false flag. They are really sounding the alarm on that. And so let me tell you what they are specifically warning the world to be on the lookout for. Claims of provocation in this separatist-controlled Donbass region that Terry was just talking about, false state media reports, claims of fake chemical weapons, attacks on Russian soldiers. And this has been a remarkable strategy we have seen from the beginning from this White House, George. They are really pulling back the curtain on intelligence, something they don't normally do, showing the world what they are seeing in real-time intelligence, trying to stop Russia from making doing this invasion in the event that they actually go through with it, stop them before they even start it. But, George, you know this. The administration still says, despite Russia's claims, we are very much in the window for a possible invasion raid. You know, this is uh, beyond concerning, especially how it would be accompanied by this false flag where they, you know, want to put it out that they were the one to attack. Wall Street Journal is reporting that there were three close encounters between the U.S. and Russia. Folks, and I know that some people are not fully paying attention to the situation with Ukraine, but uh, something that really, you know, the biggest concern would be if the United States gets dragged into this. That's, I think, the way it has to be looked. Do, do we want to get involved with war with Russia? I would think the answer would be no. But at the same time, we do have troops over there, and things are getting very close and heating up. Uh, this um, is tragically a, a uh, big chess match that Putin is playing with the world or a game of poker, either whichever one you want to compare it to. Now, what is the latest regarding the CDC in mass? Well, let's get the latest. Capacity as an additional important barometer. Our hospitals need to be able to take care of people with heart attacks and strokes. Ten states are still running low on ICU beds with capacity of 15% or less, despite cases plunging more than 80% since the Omicron peak. The White House insisting it's actively planning for the next phase of the pandemic. We've been clear that as a country, we're making strong progress toward moving to a time when COVID is no longer a crisis. California, the latest state to drop its indoor mask mandate, but among at least a dozen states where masks are still required in schools. I work with young kids, and some of them, they don't have the vaccine yet. So I think it's very important to keep the kids safe. The policy deeply dividing communities. This needs to end. You know, when will this end? In San Francisco, three school board members recalled. Frustrated parents saying it took them too long to get kids back to in-person learning. The board instead focusing on issues like renaming schools. They should have been focused on reopening schools like most districts were thinking about. The mayor addressing the recall election, saying they need to refocus on children. Our children. They suffered the most, and they're still suffering. And 
that we have to put aside all personality conflicts. A new forecast. You know, isn't that amazing in San Francisco? I love the fact they went after school board members. Uh, they were spending more time responding or planning on how they were going to change the names of schools, right? Taking off names of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, as opposed to just trying to get the kids into the school. Now, there's also controversy from New Jersey. This uh, viral video, police responded to a fight, two teenagers at a New Jersey mall. I want you to hear the latest on this. Increased focus and attention on disparities in policing in this country over the past couple years. And now many people point to this video you're about to see as a stark right before your eyes example. Police encounter two teens engaged in the exact same behavior, a fight. One is told to have a seat. The other ends up face down in handcuffs with the weight of two officers on his back. This video shows police breaking up a fight between two kids, but then only one kid is pinned to the ground, placed in handcuffs, both officers' knees on his back. This police response has triggered outrage and calls for the officers to be disciplined or even fired for what many point to as the latest viral video example of the disparity in police treatment of black people. This all played out at the Bridgewater Commons Mall in New Jersey over the weekend when police were alerted to a disturbance. The beginning of the bystander video shows the two kids jawing at each other before it escalates to shoving and punching. After the brief scuffle, two Bridgewater Township officers arrive and separate them. But watch as the two kids are handled differently by the officers. One is wrestled to the ground by an officer who puts his knee on his back and handcuffs him, while the other kid is put on a couch and allowed to sit. The officer even turning her back to him briefly as she goes to assist the other officer and also places her knee on the kid's back. That kid was 8th grader Kai. They basically tackle me to the ground and then the one the male officer put his knee in why are you fighting at the wall me in cuffs, and then the female officer came over put her knee like on my on like my upper back too and if it started like helping put the cuffs on me and while he was just sitting down on the couch watching the whole thing kai says the fight started because the other kid was picking on his younger friend Bridgewater Township Police in a statement said they recognize that this video has made members of our community upset and are calling for an internal affairs investigation. Oh boy. The officers were able to respond quickly to this incident and stop it from escalating because of a tip we received from the community. But some want immediate action. The New Jersey NAACP is calling for the officers uh -oh. to be immediately removed from the police force pending an investigation. Although the investigation is still gathering facts um, that I am, and I want to reiterate, I'm deeply disturbed by what appears to be a racially disparate treatment in the video. Kai's mother says she wants as many people as possible to see this video and believes the officers should never again be allowed to wear the badge. To be honest, I want them to become unemployable. And there's no word this morning on any discipline for those officers or now, when an investigation might Again, why don't we listen and wait to hear what the police say because... The, and again, it, you know, it's early in this whole story, folks, but the, the white individual teen that was fighting, he then does quietly just sit on the bench and watches. Um, I, I'd like to hear from the police why they were only cuffing one and not the other. It also leaves out whether or not they ended up arresting and cuffing the, the, the white teen. So I, let's... Just ask the police, why is it, was, was he fighting? Was the other one not fighting? Why did they immediately go for that one? Now, locally, there's a story that we've been following, and this is actually getting uh, worse. It's the Rhode Island woman who has repeatedly claimed she's serving the U.S. Marine Corps, earned a Purple Heart. It's now a federal investigation. Sarah Cavanaugh, she lives in Coesan. She told numerous nonprofit organizations she served in the Marines, touted herself as combat veteran Purple Heart recipient. Now, this story gets worse. Not only have they found out that they can't find all her records and that her story's unraveling, now it turns out that, and again, I'll give credit, Channel 12, that this Sarah Cavanaugh apparently is a social worker who works at the VA, and they're now saying that they believe that she took, uh, there's a patient at the VA, she had access to patients' medical records, and she may have faked 
a document where she took, there's a patient at the Providence VA who has cancer. She altered the documents to create it so that she had cancer. And then she was looking for financial support from these uh, veteran organizations, Hunter 7 and Patrol Base. So um, Hunter 7 has rescinded the funds, but I mean, this is, uh, this individual, we first heard that there were people questioning if she actually served it. It seemed to be a case of stolen valor. But this is getting far worse now, where she was actually taking at the Providence VA, taking medical documents of veterans and then trying to pass it off as they, they were her in an attempt to try to get money for herself from these different uh, nonprofit organizations with, that provide financial assistance to struggling veterans. So Kavanaugh had reached out, helped trying to pay her medical bills. Um, she, she alleged she had lung cancer, lung cancer from exposure to burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as inhaling particular matter in the aftermath of an IED. All false. I mean, this is um, this is becoming a far more serious case now. This is all still just developing and we'll get more information on this but apparently and then there's also questions on how did she get access she's apparently a social worker at the providence va so she had access to these patients medical records and she created fake documents for herself so she is in a lot of trouble in the the um the federal uh investigators actually raided her home looking for documents. So this Sarah Cavanaugh, this story is uh, is really going from bad to worse. At first, it, it seemed that perhaps that she was just trying to pass herself off and she was going to very dis different meetings and getting flown around the country and speaking out and having meetings with uh, Senator Reid and Congressman Cicilline. Now, it's actually getting worse. So Channel 10 does have a story on it. I'm going to play it quickly and it's interesting how they went right to her house house obviously had a search warrant and started going through looking for different documents so this story is getting uh, even worse here's the story as reported uh, on channel 10 let's hear Andrew, it who had allegedly lied about earning a purple heart among other things NBC 10's Timmy Tope Adelaide has the new details this photo, which first appeared in the independent newspaper, has enraged veterans from coast to coast. Sarah Cavanaugh is seen in a Marine Corps dress uniform decorated with medals, including the Purple Heart, awarded to wounded veterans. But she apparently didn't earn the right to wear any of it. And Sarah Cavanaugh. I served in the United States Marine Corps from 2007 to 2016. Kavanaugh even appeared in a video for the Code of Support Foundation, lying about her military status. The U.S. Marine Corps confirmed to NBC10 that it was unable to find a record of Sarah Kavanaugh or for the Social Security number of discharged documents cited. The apparent case of stolen valor, an individual who fakes military service or medals, is now the subject of a federal investigation and led to the search of this house in East Greenwich. We stopped by this afternoon to try and get a comment from Actually, Kavanaugh, well, but no one it. answered. The apparent deception goes beyond claiming to be a wounded Marine. Two nonprofits focused on helping veterans, Hunter 7 and PB Abate, confirmed that Kavanaugh also lied to them about being a stage 4 cancer patient. Investigators reviewed documents Kavanaugh submitted to Hunter 7 about her previously mentioned cancer diagnosis. This was in an effort to get money from them. They found that the medical records are real but belong to a patient at the Providence Veteran Affairs Medical Center. That's where Kavanaugh is employed as a social worker. Wow. And her job status has not changed, according to a spokesperson. Wow. Kavanaugh did go on free trips for veterans, and there was a social media fundraising effort. But most, if not all, donations were stopped as the deception unfolded. She resigned as commander of the North Kingstown VFW Post when the investigation began. Tammy Topatalea, NBC 10 News. You know, uh, Channel 10, not to be too critical, but they're obviously using some new inexperienced uh, reporters. One of them got attacked 
Friday night when she was in, in front of the, uh, the home where the man had the big shootout with police. You know, one more story I want to mention is how about the part, there's a new report, Rhode Island spends more on schools than rest of the country. So outspends the rest of the country K through 12. Now the problem though, is all the money is going to the teachers unions. Imagine that, we don't have the best test results. Massachusetts has much higher test scores, K through 12. Rhode Island actually spends, and how about you'll hear people running for office saying, we need to put more money in education. Uh, Rhode Island spends more money on schools than the rest of the country in, in how it compares. Yet, obviously, I don't have to tell you, the test scores are not even close. So, but, you know, people wonder about, you know, these high teacher pensions and the amount of money that goes into the teacher unions. It's, it's certainly not going into truly educating the students. So far more than the rest of the country. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Are we ready, Tim Dodd? Yes. Folks, you're listening to the John DeVito Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DeVito.com. He is ready. It's time for our legal segment. Joining me right now uh, is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, um, I'd like to start off with this high-profile crash. Happened uh, Saturday night to West Warwick. High school hockey players coming back somewhere in Connecticut, and there was uh, just a terrible head-on crash. Turns out that the person behind the wheel made their first uh, court appearance on uh, Wednesday. And what's interesting, I think, also that comes into play here is what we know so far, uh, what his conditions are. And one of the boys, from what we understand, is in critical condition, and so... This case sounds like it could certainly change if, in fact, his uh, condition takes a turn for the worse. Yeah, it's a terrible case. These are always terrible cases. Um, we see far too many of these cases where there's allegations that someone is driving intoxicated. They hit somebody head on, causing significant personal injuries or sometimes, unfortunately, death. Um they're amongst the worst cases the court system has to deal with. Um, they, they end up with, um, typically, if there's a conviction or a plea bargain, long prison sentences. Um, the families are all destroyed. If there's a death or a serious personal injury, the family of the victims, the family of the motorist. Um, typically, these are not hardened criminals, but people who have a dreadfully bad night and use poor judgment and get into these horrible, horrific situations. In this case, um, the driver of the vehicle um, has pled not guilty through his attorney. Um, he has the presumption of innocence. Um, the court released him on a $10,000 bond, meaning the guy's going to put up $1,000 cash or otherwise um, work something out with a bail bondsman. 
And I believe the condition of him continuing to drive is that he puts an interlock system in his vehicle so that the the car won't start if before the car will start the motorist has to blow into a tube to ensure that there's no alcohol in, in the person's system um he is a probationary firefighter i believe in uh, newport he's training to be an emt um certainly newport i think has him um suspended and his probationary status will be um, reevaluated at the conclusion of this case. Um, he's been charged with um, driving to endanger personal injuries resulting, driving while intoxicated, serious personal injuries resulting. Um, these are all um, charges which um, if he's convicted or if there's a plea bargain, um, would under ordinary circumstances, John, be a jail case? If these wow. are well, the system has to do something to yeah. try to, if you will, make examples of right. people who get themselves in these situations because the the outcome of these head-on collisions when somebody's intoxicated are just horrific. Yeah. Uh, lives are destroyed, families oh. are destroyed. Um, and it, it's just a societal problem, which, you know, we see time after time, and it doesn't seem to change the behavior of some people, um, unfortunately. Yep. yep. <clears throat> now, Tim Dodd also, uh, I mean, you're talking about a 17-year-old boy um, who's what there's two of them. One, I believe, has been treated. I think he kind of had minor injuries, but was being treated, but or some, he definitely had some medical injuries but uh the one of them is really severely i i believe in a medically induced coma it's really touch and go um there there's the criminal side and then i would imagine um you tell me but then the family could certainly take recourse against this individual for i mean we there's there's no guarantee of how and what type of quality of life he's going to have should he even survive this well for of uh, um on the civil side, you know, I don't know what kind of an insurance policy this motorist might have had, and I don't yeah. know how much underinsured um, coverage the, the these uh, young men or their families might have. But in the aggregate, it'll never be enough. It's right. never going to be enough. You know, the financial component of this um, won't even touch the medical bills that you know, especially the guy that's in critical condition. Um, it's um, not anything that gives the victim or the family satisfaction, no matter how much money might be available. Um, and, you know, lawyers have to do um, things that the public might not necessarily approve of in zealously representing one's client. Yeah. Um, this guy has a very good lawyer. Bill Dimitri is one of the he best. Does. Yeah. Um, and Bill is going to dig in to see what defenses might be had here. Mm. I, I'm speaking now hypothetically. Yep. Let's assume there's a problem with the arrest. Let's assume there's a problem. Uh, I don't know if this guy um, submitted to a um, breath test or if he refused to submit to a breath test. Either way, there can be problems with um, the cops' reports. There can be technical problems with the forms. I mean, as silly as that might sound, mistakes get made. Um, there can be problems with the intoxilizer machine if, in fact, the defendant submitted to a breath test. Now, that's never going to absolve the motorist of potentially the driving to endanger charge, but if his lawyer can knock out the um, evidence of intoxication. Um, it's a much different case um, in the penalty phase. Um, you know, you knock out the intoxication element, it might not be a jail case. So, mm -hmm. you know, the lawyer has to do everything in his or her power to try to get the best result for a client the public might say this guy's guilty he should go to jail and that might be the case at the end of the day right. but you know sometimes lawyers get bad press because they're saying and doing things to try to um 
do the best that they can. Some of it's legal spin, some of it's, you know, uh, spin for the media. So you've got to do your job. Um, so Tim, Tim that's Dodd, what's going to happen be, here. Not to be morbid, but should this young man, uh, if things take a turn for the worse and he does not, uh, if he succumbs to his injuries and apparently, you know, his coach has said he's in critical condition, what, what kind of impact does it have on the case? Well, if, if the guy is either convicted or has a plea bargain and the intoxication element remains in the case and it doesn't yeah. get knocked out of the case, driving while intoxicated death resulting is Ooh. far more significant than driving uh, while intoxicated personal injuries resulting. Driving to endanger death resulting is probably a case that puts the guy in jail for 10, maybe 12 to 15 years, typically. Wow. Um, folks, quick, and, and, and it, it would be, Tim, um, simply because then they were able to prove the intoxication different than the uh, completely different case. But Olivia Passaretti, he fled the scene. Uh, they don't know what type of condition he was. So now it seemingly we're still waiting to see what Attorney General Peter Narona would come back with. But they seemingly they can't go after him on. Uh, the on, on a drunk driving or driving impaired case. No, no, let's to compare the two very very quickly. This this probationary firefighter, assuming the alcohol um, um, element remains in the case, yeah. So that would be something that could really affect um, his length of incarceration if he is found guilty or takes a plea bargain. This other guy. Um, left the scene, so I don't think they're ever going to prove intoxication. No. But he's looking at a lengthy jail sentence. Take away the intoxication, but put in the element of all of his social media um, yes. pronouncements that he's going to go out and yep. speed, and he's going to go out yes. and hit somebody with his car, and yeah. you know, bragging that he was going to get drunk or take drugs or both. I believe were his yep. statements. Correct. So that sort of, I don't know that they'll the the prosecutors will ever prove an element of premeditation mm. but at first blush it looks like this guy um, had it in his mind that he was going to get out get on the highway in a vehicle maybe intoxicated maybe taking drugs and cause some carnage out there and he yeah. did what he he did that's what he right. professed he was going to do so yep. that's a jail case even if there is no um, intoxication element Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, a lot more. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 percent service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements to installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, the uh, the Durham case, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot about it in some mainstream media. Fox has really jumped into it. There seem to be some developments about it. President Trump has been swearing that Hillary Clinton, and they were spying on him for some time. It's kind of interesting how some of this stuff is leaking out and uh and i was hoping you could walk us through it a little bit well durham is doing a apparently 
a very thorough job. That's the reports that we hear. It's interesting to compare at the outset um, the Mueller investigation versus the Durham investigation. You know, Mueller's was a much more, um, it seemed overtly political investigation with leaks to the press, you know, constantly there were leaks to the press about who they were bringing in front of the grand jury, what the evidence was that was being uncovered. And a lot of the leaks turned out to be incorrect, but, um, you know, Mueller was much more strategic in, in using leaks to get, you know, a political message out there, which would be adverse to the interests of President Trump during the entirety, almost the entirety of his administration. Uh, Durham, is doing it, I think, if you will, the way it should be done, in in secret, without leaks, thorough, yep. it, the kind of plotting. I'm sure many people who um, w- are anxious for the outcome of his entire investigation would hope for a little bit more speed, but these things take as much time as they take. The, the big thing that has come out in recent days is this guy, last name I believe is Sussman, who worked for a major law firm that was doing work for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Um, Durham has connected the dots essentially that this lawyer um, went to the FBI and um, was able through, I'm not very good with technology, but they were literally uh, tapping into um, conversations and getting information from the Trump Tower during the campaign. And Donald Trump, candidate Trump, always said, they're bugging my offices. They're bugging Trump Tower. Yeah. And, and the Clinton campaign said, no, you're nuts. You're, you're paranoid. And the media just laughed, saying Trump is this crazy. Turns out it was happening. Trump yeah. was right. You know, now that we're looking back, he was correct that he his offices at Trump Tower were being tapped. What I think is more outrageous is this same guy, allegedly Sussman, whatever technology was brought to bear was also being used to get information when Trump was president. So I'm guessing they were getting information from the Oval Office or the West Wing, if you will, Um, to give that information to the FBI to continue this narrative that Trump was somehow in cahoots with uh, the Russians. Now, how does the Hillary Clinton campaign get involved in this? This guy Sussman's doing the work to get the technology to work with the FBI to bug Trump Tower's offices and ultimately the White House. Sussman is billing the Clinton campaign for this very work. It's line items in the bills that he's sending to the Clinton campaign, and the Clinton campaign pays him for this work. Mm. So they knew or reasonably should have known what they were paying this guy for, and it's right there in black and white if you go to the billing records. At least that's what Durham is telling us. So that nexus between the Hillary Clinton campaign, a high-level legal slash political operative for the campaign working with the FBI, apparently has done exactly what candidate Trump was complaining about all along. Now, Sussman has maintained his innocence, as he's got a right to do. He's pled not guilty when he was brought in for his first appearance at court. Um, But just because you say I'm not guilty at your arraignment doesn't mean you're going to go to trial or be found not guilty or otherwise vindicated. And the further whisper that's coming from the Durham camp is that in recent days or weeks, um, more um, individuals appear to be coming forward to cooperate. Mm. Now, where does this go? Um, Who else could get caught up in this? Um, We can only speculate, but, um, you know, folks have been waiting for well over a year for Durham to come out with something more. So far, he's um, brought charges against Sussman and I think one Russian political operative, but he hasn't got any, you know, celebrity um, 
if you will, well-known political people yet, higher-ups in the Clinton campaign, if you will, um, other um, political officials, nothing like that yet. But it appears that he's doing a methodical job. And as we've said before, you know, you get, you get small fish, you get them to flip, you get bigger yep. fish, you get those people to flip. And you keep moving up the food chain looking yeah. for bigger and bigger fish. Now, if you get enough mm. people to flip and cooperate or you get the goods on people, you know, the noose tightens around the big players. Who that's knows right. if we'll get there, but I think that's the trajectory that the Durham investigation is on. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, some high-profile cases have had some big developments. Let's start off with, boy, this case with Prince Andrew. Uh, this has been going on for quite some time. Woman making allegations that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein forced her to have relations with him. He denied, denied. Then he sat down. He did the terrible interview with the BBC. And uh, it's interesting how, boy, just as he had played out every card and kind of a lesson that, you know, I the, the, the woman, Virginia, who was bringing the initial charges and accusations, um, how far you have to go to then finally the royals said that's enough we're gonna settle it it's confidential uh financial payout but it remains under wraps is this the final chapter as far as this individual and prince andrew well legally it appears to be the final chapter right. um i'm sure there's a multitude of confidentiality agreements non-disclosure yeah. agreements um, you know, this young lady had uh, has a very, very good lawyer in David Boyce, who yes. you'll remember from um, Microsoft and Bush versus Gore. Yes. He was Gore's counsel. And, yeah. you know, he did a fine job. He's had a lot of high profile cases. Um, he's a national name. Um, he took her case. Now, the financial component of this has not been disclosed other than to say that um, Prince Andrew has made a substantial contribution to this young lady's charitable foundation. We don't know how much, and we no. don't know how much might have gone to her directly as opposed to her um, charitable foundation. And as with any settlement agreement, the language of the document would say that the, the payment of monies is not an admission of liability or guilt or fault, and that it's a resolution of a disputed claim. So the paperwork is never going to have an acknowledgement by the prince that he did what he is alleged to have done. Yep. The best, and I'm sure this was negotiated um, quite a lot, is he, the public statement I believe he came out with was number one, um, that he's sorry he never intended to uh, disparage this young lady's character. And he is sorry that he ha ever had any sort of um, involvement or relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, period, nothing more. So we can speculate what it would have cost for the prince to buy his, um, his piece here. Uh, I'm sure it was substantial. Um, you know, this young lady can write a book. She can say all of the things that she claims that she did with the prince, you know, from a sexual or, you know, in, in the orbit of Epstein and uh, Maxwell. You know, part, part of the settlement we don't know might be that she won't do such things, that she mm. will hereafter um, keep her mouth shut, if you will. We don't yeah. really know, but the prince has... I think done a smart thing to buy his um, resolution of this case. It probably cost a lot. I mean, he's already been stripped out of any public involvement with anything right. to do with the Royal family. So that this is going to stick him in the background. Um, and hope, I guess the Royal family will hope that the, the public and the media sort of forgets about this over time hmm. and they'll keep this guy stashed away in the background. Yeah. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with... Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 
401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial. It's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. Uh, legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, anxious to hear your thoughts on um, this animation that was developed with uh, with now the the accusations and charges against Alec Baldwin. Um, I think this was it, this animation was kind of compiled by the set of where the shooting took place on the the film set of the movie Rust, and then based on the depiction of different. Uh, witnesses that were on scene and it, it's kind of it's actually very eerie of this depiction where the animation almost like cartoon like of Alec Baldwin and I don't mean to laugh but just we then they they have released what they believe is an accurate depiction of what happened which shows him you know aiming and, and tragically but shooting uh, the, the young woman that was working on the set Yes, I mean, these animations are used frequently um, in all kinds of cases. Yep. Many, many times if there's um, different types of motor vehicle accidents, um, you would have an accident reconstruction uh, person um, animate and create a video uh, to, as to how one side... Um, would like a jury to believe the incident occurred. You could have competing um, videos made by the the plaintiff's counsel and defense counsel. Um, To see it, it's not a video, it's an animation, as you say. It's compelling. It, It it, It really does grab your attention. It puts you right there to see what was happening. Um, one of the unresolved, there's many unresolved issues in this case. Yep. And we're learning more and more facts. And from the beginning, as we know, um, much of the crew walked off the set because right. they thought it was unsafe environment. There's text messages from certain people who were on set complaining to family and friends that there had been two previous um, live round discharges accidentally before this um, fatal shot um, involving uh, Alec Baldwin. So clearly it was unsafe set. Everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else. The, the armor, the armorer is claiming that the um, bullets that went into this Colt 45, it wasn't her mistake, but the person who gave her the bullets must have given her a blank in at least one live round now one would think it's her obligation to make sure it's a cold gun and it's got blanks instead of live rounds so she's on the hot seat the person who gave her the bullets is on the hot seat the person who gave the gun to alec baldwin and said and announced it's a cold gun is in the hot seat alec baldwin is in the hot seat as a producer and it seems like people are lining up to say this was an unsafe set. They yeah. were cutting corners. They wow. were trying to save money. They were kind of, you know, blowing past safety um, considerations mm. um, in an effort to go, go, go. Come on, we got to get this done. We got to save money. Times are wasting. They cut corners with tragic results. Now, th- that's all potentially true. One of the issues that has yet to be resolved is, and it was brought up by Baldwin's counsel a couple of few weeks ago, are all of these monetary claims barred by um, the workers' comp exclusionary rule? 
are these cases because they're work-related injuries limited to what you can get in the first instance from um, workers' comp? Sure. Unless you can find a third-party um, negligent party separate and apart from the employer. Um, that's going to be an interesting question as it plays out. Um, I, I think it's a, a potentially um, significant argument. It's just a question, or all of these potentially negligent people all part of the production company and all on the same payroll, or were some of them independent contractors not really working for the production company? Yeah. Um, there's so many people on a film set. I mean, I don't yet know who they all work for, but I think there is a legitimate workers' compensation um, exclusionary bar issue that is yet to be resolved here. And I would mm -hmm. expect um, now that this lawsuit has been filed, the first thing defense counsel is going to be doing is moving to dismiss based upon the workers' comp bar. Wow. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, the uh, incident that took place, the tragedy at Sandy Hook, boy, it's it's uh, incredible when you think about it. It's been 10 years, and I'm, I'm curious if you um, – you know, the, the families that have been involved with this in going after the gun manufacturer, people wonder how long sometimes these things can take. Well, that happened in 2012. It's 2022. I'm just curious your thoughts on um, the amount of money, how that then gets dispersed. And um, I, I don't think it's all the families for some reason. I could be wrong. But uh, this certainly drew a lot of attention that this has seemingly now been resolved. The, the amount that's being paid out by the gun manufacturer, I believe, is $73 million. Yes. Um, how that gets apportioned amongst the families. Um, the families, I'm, I don't know if they all have separate counsel, if they all have the same counsel, but there'll be a bit of a scrum as to who gets how much of the money. Um, they may well do much like what was done in the station fire case, that they hire an outside person who becomes the arbiter as to how much um, each each person or family gets. If you'll recall with the station fire, it was not to make it impersonal, but it was a point system. And the yes. point system that was developed determined how much each victim got. And points were um, assigned based upon the severity of the injuries, you know, and many other factors um, unless there's a consensus amongst these families who lost, you know, tragically lost first graders and a few of the teachers got killed. Um, if there's not a consensus, they would probably go to someone like was used in the station fire case. It's interesting that this gun manufacturer paid out at all. Um, it's never really happened before. No. But I think a lot of folks are misreading what this implies. It's not, oh boy, now it's going to be open season on um, suing gun manufacturers because they're, you know, putting inherently dangerous um, um, products into, you know, the marketplace. There were a couple of unique things here. Connecticut had a specific law about um, advertising anything, guns included, in a way that could encourage, you know, misuse or violent application. So the gun company here got into a situation where they're paying out largely because of how they um, advertised these guns to the public. Uh, the advertisements seem to be um, unusually um, focused on young men and, you know, the, the machismo or the bravado, if you will, that would go yep. along with owning such a weapon. So it's not the characteristics of the gun. It's not the fact that it was a semi-automatic weapon. It's not the fact that it shoots out deadly projectiles. It's not a product liability case from that standpoint. It's because the advertising... Um, would lead someone like the shooter in this um, case, arguably, to um, be induced to buy such a weapon based upon the advertising that was done. So all this will do is have gun manufacturers 
really look closely at how they're advertising these products to make sure they don't make the same mistake that was made with this particular weapon and this particular model. Right. Um, this model, um, I think it was made to look and act like a military weapon, except that it was not automatic. It was semi-automatic, but, you know, it really does, it did have the look and the characteristics of a military-style weapon, um, which was marketed to young men. There's no other way around it. And that's how they found themselves financially um, in jeopardy of potentially paying more. So they bought their piece for 73 mil. Mm. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- 688-0517 whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. Check out the website, dipetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Question of the John DePietro Show brought to you by realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com. 